Welcome to Embedded Edge with Knitting, a podcast that brings to life the stories behind today's embedded systems, technologies, and products. It's the show where you'll hear from both engineers and executives on some of the most topical news and most pressing challenges in the world of embedded system design. Here's your host, Editor-in-Chief of Embedded.com, Nitin Dahad. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Embedded Edge with Nitin. I'm talking today to Ashish Darbari, who's founder and CEO of Axiomize. Ashish, hello, how are you? Hi, Nitin, good to talk to you. Uh, thank you for inviting me for a podcast very well. Let's start uh, by talking about... Uh, uh, formal verification, which is basically what you do. How does it fit with other kinds of verification techniques? Uh, I'm sure that will be something that um, our audience will want to get a little bit more uh, cl- clarification on. Absolutely. Um, so, Nathan, let me give you a quick overview of what this is all about. So, you know, all verification and test um, needs a reference model um, and a test model. So, we should be able to write these test cases and build reference models to be able to verify anything or test anything. So with formal, what happens is you you build mathematical proofs to establish the correctness of a design or a Mm. program. So what we typically say is we're doing program reasoning with mathematical logic. So all formal verification tasks involve creating a mathematically precise specification of a requirement and we then prove it against a model of a design. And mm. the designs are usually expressed in some high-level language like Verilog or VHDL or System C. And so what happens is then when a formal tool um, is given this design model and a verification model through mathematically precise requirements, the tools automatically search the state space of the entire design model using what is called an assertion um, and this is famously known in the industry as an assertion-based verification activity. Uh, some people also call it model checking or property checking. And mm. the nice thing is that you use these high-level languages like system log assertions or PSL uh, to verify other high-level languages that are building, uh, that are that are implementing the silicon. So the other thing that people don't fully understand is that while assertion-based verification is the most popular form of formal, mm. there is another much older formal method technique called theorem proving, uh, which involves uh, building proofs uh, interactively or semi-automatically, much like the proofs we used to build in high school in geometry and algebra. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the Pythagoras theorem you might remember, right? Um, yes, very uh, much. You know, so... So whereas both property checking um, and theorem proving are pretty important formalisms, theorem proving is not able to um, build any counterexample waveforms. And there is less of an automation in theorem proving than it is in property checking. And the, mm. and the other third aspect, the third dimension or the third pillar of formal that I remind people is what is called equivalence checking. And a lot of people have used formality in the early days when people were doing RTL to gate level equivalence checking. Um, And typically that involves comparing two models. So whereas in assertion-based verification, you have a property in an equivalence checking, you have a full program 
And the design model and the reference models are actually compared for equality, and that's why it's called equivalence checking. The great thing about equivalence checking and property checking both is that you get counterexamples that give you very precise feedback and tell you what is wrong. Uh, so mm -hmm. as they say, it's much more user-friendly for non-mathematicians, whereas for theorem proving, you need typically a PhD in maths to be able to get the most out of it. Uh, and, you know, there are not enough mathematicians in the world yet doing hardware verification. Uh, so yeah, that's my yeah. 30,000 feet view of formal. So uh, that's good. And I, and I think we come to business model later, but just uh, so where does this fit in in the whole sort of design flow? Yeah, sure. So traditionally, formal has been more of an outlier and people have struggled to use it. But nowadays, more and more silicon design houses are able to use it very early on without knowing it as formal in the form of a linting tool. So a lot of mm -hmm. people use design linters. That's basically formal verification tools under the hood. They're using clock domain crossing. or They're using sort of connectivity checking at the other end. That's all formal. But most users do not use formal as a functional verification technology. So they think of design verification via dynamic simulation, UVM, as the functional verification, and think of formal as an add-on. So okay. it's not ideal, but that's how it is right now with most organizations. Um, but effectively, everything you are able to do with simulation, you can do with formal and much more. Um, and okay. that's, that's the key. Axiomize, uh, what does that mean? How did you choose that name? Uh, is it just a name or does it have some specific uh, uh, yeah. reason for, for being? Yeah, great question. So what's in a name, as they say, right? So I think yeah. sometimes the names are important. And when I was thinking of forming this organization company uh, some years ago, I was thinking of why I want to do this. And why I wanted to do this was to actually roll out the three pillars of equivalence checking, um, model checking, and theorem proving. And axiomize is derived from the Greek word axioms, which basically stand for just true statements, typically not requiring a proof. Now, in our line of work in hardware verification, what we're doing is we're looking at specification documents requirements, and we're formalizing them as assertions, as I just explained, and we're trying to make them become a proof and see whether they are provable of the design. So I like to think of Axiomize as the whole activity that we do in carrying out this FE work in so predictable manner. Um, so I think of Axiomize as a verb. And I often tell customers, let's Axiomize it, because mm. what we're saying is, well, we'll take these requirements and turn them into checks and balances, you know, and figure out if your design has a bug and can we prove it has no bug. And what we use is a whole bunch of abstraction techniques and coverage techniques that we've invented. So, so it's quite close to my heart, effectively. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, so I think um, it's always fascinating to find out uh, how a name originated. And uh, you, you made quite a good uh, sort of uh, explanation of that. Um, the strapline for Axiomize is predictable formal verification. How are you able to make formal predictable predictable in its use. If, if this is the big challenge. This is really the, the, the bane of formal or the biggest challenge facing the community. So let me give you a little bit of background. So when I was moving into formal, I was intensely studying uh, what other 
pioneers in the field and leaders were doing at the time. So I've worked for nearly two decades in Intel, ARM, Imagination, One Spin, General Motors, and in different mm. organizations, tasted different flavors of activities and what people were doing. Um, I've researched intensely what early adoption of formal looked like at IBM, um, Intel, and a bit of that happened at AMD and Motorola. Mm. And what I've come to realize is that most people who use formal, the practitioners of formal, have not been able to make a successful case for formal to their management so that the management sees formal as a predictable way of signing off. So when I was dreaming of building Axomize, the first thing I wanted to look at was how can I make this whole thing predictable so managers can rely on it as the go-to yeah. place to go. And having had the experience of working on many different projects and you know, over 50 of them that I was involved in hands-on work um, or driving teams of people, I gathered enough experience to say, okay, I think I know now how to crack this problem of making formal normal and also predictable. So what I wanted to do was to say, understand what is the expectation of the end customer? Are they mm -hmm. looking to get the highest pain points resolved in the quickest possible way? Do they want the end-to-end -end sign-off? Uh, are they looking to completely ship a design with formal or are they going to use some simulation as well? So FE users who love formal expect their management to also love it in a predictable way and the same way and use complicated ways of tracking. So for example, they will talk about, oh, I've got a bound against this proof and against this property. And management doesn't understand all of that. They understand coverage. They understand um, what has worked for them in the past. So the first thing we need to do is to understand what is the scope of the project? What is the clear requirement a project yeah. needs? So how do we plan for those key milestones? Everything is driven from customer requirements and their timelines. And what we then do is we take a look and say, okay, these are the problems we know very well to solve. We know they're going to be solved in this much amount of time with human effort from our side. We're using these, these IP components that we've built over the years, using abstraction engines, problem reduction techniques. So we are going to be ahead of our time in this way. Let us go and spend the time trying to look at some of the other challenging areas of this design and then apportion the time appropriately. So planning here is the key. And mm -hmm. having access to a bunch of inventions that we've built over the years around coverage and proofs, convergence, and bug hunting, it makes my life a lot easier now to say, okay, if you have a DMA controller, if you have an interrupt controller, if you have an AI chip, this is how long it's going to take. So experience certainly helps here. The okay. other thing what we do, Nathan, is very interesting, is sometimes we have to do this tech transfer in the beginning of the project as well as during the life cycle. So in order to make that a little bit more seamless and make it more predictable, build this flagship training program, a whole range of programs that are on demand and online. So this is the place where me and my team will do tech transfer or explain the difficult concepts in an easy to understand way. So what happens is the end user also knows that this is the methodology that has been deployed. Mm -hmm. And this is, these are the reasons, and this is why it is taking time or these are the complex parts of it and we therefore need more compute licenses or time. So this is highly interactive, but also highly automatable. So there are, there are aspects of both that are making it predictable. And you know, even 
predictability is so close to my heart that even when I was working on this processor verification task for the open hardware group, um, even though the whole project was delivered free of cost to them, the deliverables, yeah. the expectations, verification plans was all delivered in a timely manner. This is like, and and sometimes people ask me, how would we able to get it done without missing a deadline and without, um, you know, not fulfilling the expectations of the customers that run. I keep saying to them that, look, sometimes a life experience is helping us move ahead yeah. in the industry. Um, Neil Dunlop, I don't know if you've um, seen his bio. He's been around for 40 years. 30 years of his life have been spent doing formal in the industry. And Neil right. and I are basically making sure that everything we have learned so far is getting transmitted to our team so collectively we can shape the user experience that way. So, I mean, there's so many things you've said there, like there's there's knowledge transfer, but you know, one of the things about predictability, I guess, is um, consistency, but also yeah. in other areas in timing, we hear, hear about deterministic behavior. Absolutely. And I think yeah, it's sort of uh, all, all around the same sort of uh, challenges and issues. So how is Axiomize helping its customers? And, and can you outline the business model a little bit more? Um, uh, I guess, you know, how does one engage? Yeah, yeah, sure. So we recognize that, you know, one size doesn't fit all. That's, that's almost a cliche to say sometimes. But mm. in this field of verification, which is highly specialized and not as well adopted as simulation or emulation, we certainly see that not one size fits everybody. So some customer teams, um, some customers have teams that need training. They, they just need training and they can go on and do their own work. Some have immediate needs for carrying out hands-on work. So this is where our consulting and services comes in um, to get their silicon out of the door ASAP. Um, mm. Some require more sustained support in certain application-specific areas, and RISC-V being one of the more dominant technologies where people are building processors, don't necessarily have the time, money, or the resources to build big verification teams. And that's where we come along and we say, we'll do the heavy lifting. We have the tool that we built, tested it in the field. So it's a combination of training, consulting and services, and bespoke okay. apps that I think we are deploying in a on a case-by-case -case basis. Okay. Uh the, the, one of the, you know, the things I've been writing about quite a lot and uh, interviewing all this year is around high-performance computing, AI, mm. Uh, mm. and uh, is formal applicable in this area? And are there limitations where it can be used? Uh, for example, oh, can it be used yeah. for embedded AI or in IoT? Yeah, so um, everything we're doing right now is in high-performance compute and AI. All of our customers are actually building these very complex, big designs. Um, and you know, AI ML is being the big driver, data centers and storage as well. And formal is great for all these because this is exactly where simulation cycles are not able to deliver the what is needed. So I'm currently seeing that the need for formal pretty much everywhere. And mm. problems are pretty much at scale. So large designs with lots of concurrency, cache coherency, high-speed on-chip serial communication going on. You have got NOx, you've got chiplets with UCIE, and yeah. anything and everything that basically requires high-speed, high-performance, low-power, and requires optimizations that have a likelihood of introducing more bugs is basically a sweet mm. target for formal. 
So, okay. you know, in the AIML world, right, everyone needs to outshine others and silicon has to work, not just once, but all the time. So what yes. we are looking at right now is customers building uh, designs which have fixed point and floating point hardware. They've got cache coherent knocks. They've got deadlocks and live locks. We're running a project for one of the customers where our entire teams of people is focusing on making sure the chip doesn't have a deadlock. Um, mm -hmm. All of this is underpinning the functional verification challenge. And imagine if your car is going to need a chip, then it will need ISO yeah. 26262, right? So exactly. then we look at that kind of an angle for security, which is still not a very high priority for hardware, despite all the bad publicity. Um, yeah. But we're looking at deploying formal for architectural verification for security. So I keep saying to people, you have a problem that is potentially a solution in a formal method space that can be used. And it doesn't have to be entirely, um, you know, it's not that you have to fly to the moon and come back to figure mm -hmm. out what needs to be done. Mm, okay. Now, um, you say uh, formal is great for bug hunting, uh, but we can use simulation and or emulation for that. Are there specific verification challenges that are solvable only by formal? I think safety and security are very important to dimensions these days, along with functional verification being the older one. But even if you forget security and safety, I'll outline to you some of the problems which I keep banging on about, um, which are if not intractable, very inefficient for simulation and emulation. So imagine trying to establish that your code coverage at the end of your project is totally unreachable for a good reason. Their formal can actually prove that your unreachable coverage targets are truly unreachable. We can prove mathematically you have or you don't have a deadlock or a live lock. I can prove that there are no corner case design bugs in your floating point designs, you know, never mind the Intel FTIF story from 95. Um, if it comes to multi-core cache coherent designs, I'm finding a lot of our customers saying, um, we really don't know how to do this properly with simulation, way too many combinations. Um, we can only do this properly with formal. I mean, any design that has got a rule-based behavior, which is networking blocks, processors, mm -hmm. GPU mm -hmm. blocks, they all need formal. Uh, clock and reset okay. domain crossing, you must have seen a lot of EDA companies have very good automatic solutions. They're all yeah. driven by the formal technology under the hood. So the, the, the uh, part of problems is typically limitless, um, mm -hmm. but I say, say to people that if you have limited budget, Let's look at your high-risk areas, and some of them would fall into this part. Got it. Yeah. Um, what is the big industry's biggest challenge to make a formal normal, as as uh, as we might have to say? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's our motto to make formal normal. And I think the biggest problem I see, even with the biggest names of the industry, who have very deep pockets, is talent acquisition. You know, where do you find people who know? Mm verification, never mind formal verification. So then how do you train them? How do you make it easier for them to start? If you have made it easier for them to start through an acquisition of a training program, such as ours, or maybe they have their own internal training program, the next step is execution on projects. So how do you come up with a team who has the right background and experience to mentor the new team 
And do they have the time? If they have the experience, do they have the time to mentor the new team to make sure everything, you know, cross the T's and dot the I's, as it were? So unless you close the loop on all these three things properly, you can't actually get the full value out of any new technology, never mind formal. So I want to think of it as most companies who do not have senior management highly experienced with formal, and now they've been made in charge to build a team of formal engineers, you know, it's not going to be easy. So a manager boasting three decades in simulation experience, trying to wrangle a bunch of fresh formal engineers, you know, it's like sending a wizard to teach muggles. Um, (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing. You've got to be able to have a feel of a technology. You should have hands-on experience to then be able to get the time on the on the ground to spend with the new team, which is what I do, you know, every day in my in my life here at Axomize. Yeah. And that's why yeah. we are a fun bunch. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I don't see I, I think I think Nathan, the problem is in most companies they're so busy with um, the day-to-day tasks, run-of-the-mill stuff, they're unable to take a step back and take a fresh approach. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with an industry which is evolving so fast. The growth yeah. and training and, and, and nurturing is not as much. Yeah, I, I think I see that in uh, everybody I talk to. So I think uh, it, it is a big issue. Um, so where is it that you see silicon design houses are facing the biggest challenges in verifying their designs with precision? Uh, I mean, and why? Yeah, indeed, precision is the key. You know, one misbug and you have a problem. You know, with two or three nanometer chip designs the cost of production is so high, the precision is everything. Um, So I would say the biggest challenge is coming from too much focus on simulation cycles and Mm simulation-based technologies that are completely unable to deliver for for the scale of designs that are being built. So the inability to think out of the box and take sometimes sort of difficult but bold decisions in Mm -hmm. getting a solid team of FV experts to come and complement design verification via simulation, is that's the biggest challenge. And DV community is using simulation for many years. You know, they know how to write assertions, but that doesn't mean they know how to sign off a design using formal assertion-based verification. And this is the thing that they don't fully grasp, that just because they have written hundreds of assertions in dynamic simulation, that they would be able to turn them into formal verification models that can be used to enhance proofs and gain more confidence. So precision with formal is necessary, not a nice to have. Companies would go bust. They will mm. close down if they don't know how to verify the designs properly. And that's not a joke, you know? Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> the FDIF, you remember the FTIF story, right? In 1995, and uh, Intel had to replace every Pentium, $495 million were spent by them. And imagine a mm. company of Intel's fame having to see that day, um, if in today's time anybody has to do this, yeah. what are the consequences of it, right? It's just mind-boggling. So Much bigger consequences than in 1995 <laughs> because of the dependence on uh, silicon for everything. For everything. Yeah. Um, so so um, we'll, we'll go to, uh, before we sort of finish on, on maximizing the business, uh, uh, finally, yeah, sort of, what have you got any advice for design houses that are thinking of shipping out their designs bug free? 
would say, you know, if you haven't got the experience with formal, which you should consider using heavily, strongly, come and talk to us, see how we can help. Um, you don't necessarily have to give us business. We can help you understand. Um, let's say if we can, we can help you demystify formal to begin with so that you at least understand the scope of why it is necessary. And then we can see what, what needs to be done. We, we do know what we're talking about, right? So we've got one of the best teams on the planet um, here in the UK, you know, fully dedicated to formal. Uh, we are killing it on everything we are laying our hands on. Um, and we are loving it, you know. So you will get a lot of love and then positive energy from us. <laughs> so what else do you need? Um, get, get, yeah. your, get your designs to be happy and, and be bug free. <laughs> so, so, so I, I think one of the things you said here in the UK, but it's global, and I think you're you're a global company. So I just wanted to make sure uh, people didn't misunderstand that. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, we, we our team is based in the UK, but our clientele is based all around the world, and mm. we work uh, with teams, you know, from Australia to Shanghai to India to the US um, yeah. and Europe. So, yeah, geography is not a is not a thing anymore, isn't it? <laughs> not in our industry anyway. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's good. Okay, uh, let's uh, do uh, a final sort of a question here. Uh, Axiomize, you founded it in 2017, uh, seven years ago. How's the company doing today and what are your plans for growth? Yeah, so it's going on very well and quite fast. You know, started this uh, from my home in the nice leafy British village in Hertfordshire. Um, mm very, very small village. And uh, and somebody said to me back then, you will have a difficult time trying to do verification work for Silicon Valley out of a village nobody has heard of. <laughs> so <laughs> from being a one-person company to about 17 people and counting, um, we're growing at a very fast pace, really. And the demand for our FV experts is growing faster than I had imagined. A good problem to solve, I suppose. Um, so the challenge that I now have is to find new office space every quarter. Uh, I'm not mm. complaining, Nathan. <laughs> so yeah, I'm loving it. And, and I think we'll continue to grow uh, and offer whatever we can do to, to make the life of the Silicon Design Houses easier. And what are the things that uh, you think you need to do to, to get that growth for, for both you and for formal verification? So one of the things that, one of the things that we're doing in the industry in an ecosystem manner is engaging with the community to um, on panels and, and paper presentations and conference exhibit booths and we are sharing knowledge on YouTube and all possible ways in making sure people get the technical concepts handy. Um, mm. Like I said, for training programs delivered through on-demand programs or online. Um, we did a we did a very recent university careers fair at University of Southampton, where mm. we showed the world how Sudoku solving can be done in half a second with formal verification tools. Okay. Um, one of my very young um, graduates, um, she did a lot of the development work on this. Um, my son teamed up. He's still in school. He said, "I want to code the graphical user interface for this." I jumped mm. in to code some of the properties, and and the students yeah. loved it because it showcases why intellectually demanding human problems could be easily solved by computers 
and what is it that is hard for Sudoku-like problems and what is the relevance with simulation-based verification. Um, so we use all sorts of techniques to stimulate the minds of the people in different segments of the society, whether it is students or, or industry professionals. And within the organization, we do uh, you know a lot of internal training, knowledge sharing. Um, everybody here is on the same ground, right? So I'm a CEO because we need a CEO to run the company, but I'm very yeah. much uh, the same engineer as somebody else. And, um, and that helps build the team culture and helps people to work with each other in a very smooth way. And I think you need a very happy place to drive um, knowledge growth because, you know, as engineers, we like, we're in the best forms of our creativity when we are happy, right? So, yeah, so exactly. that's what we are doing internally. Uh, hoping to do the same with, with the external world as well, but, you know, it's quite a big market and we're still quite small um, to be able to help everyone. I'm sure you'll get there. Ashish, thank you very much. Thank you, Titan. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.